Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Episode 14, we finally have the NFL back. It has happened. Thursday night has come and passed. And honestly, you know, I could barely tell that there was much of a difference because, you know, maybe I'm just too too drunk in the atmosphere of having football back to, to notice any of the differences between the game. But we'll get to that at the, you know, very soon here. Uh, I have my father, of course, Joe Dante, with me on the other end. Hey, Jay. Hey. So I'm assuming that you're at least as excited as I was. Yeah, yeah, I thought that it was great. Um, you know, we were talking earlier before the broadcast is that there were a lot of uh, thoughts from the experts and so forth that this Thursday night game was going to be really sloppy and be almost like a scrimmage. You know, he hadn't had any preseason games. There's a lot of concern out there. But really, these teams, both of them did an excellent job in their preparation, uh, there were actually very few penalties. It did not look sloppy at all. Yeah, and you really would not have known that they hadn't played any preseason games. I mean, not that not that the regulars play much in the preseason, but you know, usually it gives you a chance to get organized. The management has a chance to get organized. Yeah, uh, but yeah. both of them actually were were extremely good uh, as far as uh, you know, not, not not having sloppy play. Yeah, I mean, luckily, obviously, they picked two very good teams to play uh, week one there, and they they um, they showed up in force. I mean, both quarterbacks, I mean, Patrick Mahomes throwing for three touchdowns, Deshaun throwing for one and a running touchdown, um, both with fairly high uh, fantasy numbers, you know, over 20 points. Uh, but uh, but um, a scoreline, actually, funny enough, the, the scoreline looked, you know, very much like a game you know, you would have expected to see in the middle of the season, you know, um, they, uh, it was definitely one of those things watching it. Like you said, there was very little penalty action. There was, um, I mean, both teams, defenses and offenses seem to be really on point. So realistically, um, I mean, you're going to see some sloppy play this weekend, uh, obviously from some other teams that aren't quite Mm -hmm. as ready for it. <clears throat> the Bears, the Bears. <clears throat> yeah, we won't mention Sorry. our names, but the uh, Chicago clear, Bears. Clear, clearing my throat, just you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, um, very exciting game to to finally watch something uh, happening, you know. And of course, I'm sure a lot of people out there, and and us included, had plenty of uh, Chiefs and or Texans on our rosters that um, were not disappointed by the game in any way. Yeah, in fact, that was my, from a fantasy perspective, that was my big disappointment is the standpoint that uh, I only have I have five fantasy teams I'm managing, and I only have one chief on one team, Kelsey. <laughs> I wish I had <laughs> I wish I wish had more chiefs on my roster because, boy, it looks like they're going to have a big year. This Boy, I'll tell you, this uh, running back, Edward Solaire, looks like he's going to be a superstar. Had a big night, uh, showed some good moves, good power, speed, the whole nine yards. And uh, I wish I had more Chiefs on my roster. I have no Mahomes, no Edwards Hilaire. Those those three certainly are going to be. If even Sammy Watkins, my goodness, yeah. no Ty, I had no Tyreek Hill, no Sammy. Sammy Watkins was big even last night. So, yeah, I mean, my Week One matchup already started off started off with uh, you know uh, various teams that I had. I've, I have Edwards Hilaire on some. I've I've got Tyreek Hill on a couple. Kelsey on one. Uh, I had a Mahomes. Um, a Mahomes to Sean Watson matchup week one there in our league. Um, unfortunately he had to rush for that touchdown or, you know, I had him doom. I had him dead to rights. And of course he had to get a garbage time touchdown. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's the problem is, is that 
uh, whether you're talking about real football, if you're you know betting line or uh, fantasy football. The problem is, is that we, we talked about this last podcast. I mentioned that this had the, all the makings of being a blowout, and it was. That's exactly what happened. But you know, the final score looked a little closer. I mean, they still lost by two touchdowns at Texans, but yeah. but it looked a little closer just because of garbage time, and that that is a problem. Whether you're talking about betting line football or fantasy football, you you just don't know what's going to happen in garbage time. It can really hurt you, depending oh, on which yeah, side. And I, and I, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, typically, I would never take. Uh, I mean, I never take the Chiefs more than. Uh, uh, Typically, I'd like to sit around 10 points or something. You know, I, a lot of their games, people tend to then catch up to a little less than that. You know, the, usually it's like 12. They win by, you know, 12 or 11 or something weird like that. They win by weird amounts. But but probably I would never take anything more than a 10, um, a 10 spread on them winning, yeah, typically I think, speaking. Yeah, and I think the line, depending on what you look, who you look at, but I think the line was about nine points last uh, Thursday. So they did beat the spread, but, you know, yeah. it got a little nerve-wracking there for a while uh, yeah. based on these garbage-time scores. But the Chiefs are one of the rare teams. Maybe maybe Baltimore is the other one, maybe San Francisco. But they're one of the rare teams that couldn't actually overcome a pretty significant spread. And you're right, probably mm-hmm. wouldn't want to go more than 10 points, but... Yeah. But there, there'll probably be some games this year that Kansas City's the spread's going to be 13, 14 points. Yeah. Well, and then some of those games, I would probably take it, you know, depending on who they're who they're matching up with. But, yeah, certainly a game like uh, Houston or something, I probably wouldn't be tempted to take much more than, as you said, around 9 or 10, you know, that was just because just you know that they're going to – Houston is very good at taking advantage of garbage time. Um the rare times that they have to take garbage time, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, you saw some glimpses and it was interesting from seeing David Johnson, um, on Thursday night. And I know people were hating on him a bit and weren't sure the trade was going to work out too well. And Deshaun still did find a pretty reasonable use for his tight ends and receiving core. Um, despite not having a number one, I mean, obviously in, in any offense, you, you know, you're going to miss someone like a Deandre Hopkins, but, um, but realistically, the running game came to play pretty well. I mean, the Chiefs aren't usually a, a running game defense, so it's it's probably kind of a rough test. Um, but but I think he he chopped up pretty well. I mean, he's back in a in a, in a pretty good form. Uh, Johnson is, and um, yeah, the the receivers. I mean, they and, and the tight end core. They they. I don't think there were a whole lot of uh, drop dropped catchable balls last night. Or Thursday night. No, and that, you're right, and that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, but it was really not sloppy play at all. Uh, not not many drops, you know, not a lot of missed blocks, like say very few penalties. Uh, I And I would agree, you know, even a lot of times in these first games of the season, you have all kinds of surprises. And if I had to be perfectly honest, I mean, really, that was the only surprise. The only, the only surprise at all in the game was the play of David Johnson. Because... Yeah. Uh, I know he was injured last year, and I knew he'd be better this year. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, that last couple of games last year, he was just so awful. I mean, he was absurdly slow. I know he had an ankle injury, but he was ridiculously slow. He couldn't break any tackles. I mean, I I didn't even know why he was on the field, frankly. I mean, he looked awful, just horrible. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, uh, he looked great on Thursday. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know if he's... May be a while for he if he gets to be the old uh, David Jansen of old four or five years ago, but uh, I, I thought he looked great. He was jump cutting, uh, you know, speed was decent, power was decent. He had a nice mm-hmm. what nineteen yard touchdown run, but uh, you know, caught some balls. So yeah. he was the one surprise of the game, and it wasn't a huge surprise, but it was the one surprise. Everything else pretty much ran true to form, just like it looked like a game from last year. You know? Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, uh, you know, Johnson with his 11 rushes for 77 yards, a touchdown, you know, four targets for 32 yards. I mean, it's a, it's, it's not a bad outing. I mean, for anyone, fantasy or otherwise. But um, but yeah, he really was. It really was quite a surprise. I mean, obviously they they want they want so bad to put him. You know, they they you know the announcing, you know, team. They really want David Johnson. They just really want him to go be back in 2016 form or whatever. And I'm like, he might not get there, but he certainly proved that he is a good compliment to Watson on Thursday. 
and and he should help at least open up the passing game a little bit if he can keep this up obviously yeah he's still young i mean i think i think he's only 25 years old even now so still uh, you know he has the capability of quickly recovering from injuries depending on the severity and what they are but certainly has the capability of playing still uh, you know a decent yeah number of years going forward if, if he can overcome these injuries. But look, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's 28. But yeah, oh, 28, no, certain, sorry. Yeah, he's 28, but he's certainly not a, but yeah, but certainly that's not out of the range of like, you still have gas in the tank. Yeah, if you're in your 20s, you know, you still got at least minimally two, three good years left if, if he can overcome yeah. these injuries. Yeah, I'm glad you looked that up. Must be somebody else I was looking at who was 25, but that seems, that seems 28 Something, seems more some, reasonable. Some, was funny i didn't even uh i just had him pulled up for stats and of course his age just happened to be on it you know it wasn't so much that i was doubting you it's just that it happened to be sitting in front of me at the exact moment um but yeah i'm that's yeah i mean it's it's going to be very interesting to see how the texans um uh evolve over the course of the season i mean obviously the defense is uh you know you're you're thinking if jj watt can stay around long enough in the season that he can lend a good helping hand to the defense and um and you know they're playing the chiefs so realistically you knew that it was going to be a really hard contest for them to win you know and i and i don't necessarily think i'm not gonna sit here and say that a, you know a super bowl ring is in their in their future this year or anything like that but uh but certainly they haven't taken too many steps backwards um well, there's and considering you lose DeAndre Hopkins, it's it's well. I mean, they, they showed up pretty well. They had to lose DeAndre Hopkins in order to get Johnson. So, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? You would. You'd, in fact, another. I, I don't know if I'd say it's a surprise, but a lot of people were speculating that Duke Johnson might get uh, a lot of carries. You know, because they don't want to overburden David Johnson. But and he was in a little bit, but he, he really didn't get that much compared to David Johnson. It was pretty much the David Johnson uh, driving the truck there. Yeah, and I. Um, they mentioned the schedule of the Texans because you mentioned they're probably not Super Bowl bound. But their next three games, I know, are were all against really tough teams. I mean, it would not be surprising if they end up starting off the season one and three or even zero oh and four. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. I think they play Baltimore, don't they, next week? So that's gonna be a tough game. Um, I would have to confirm that with my handy dandy prediction sheet here. Um, yes, Baltimore. So that, yeah, that's going to be another rough game for the Texans. Yeah, so they got Baltimore, and then they've got Pittsburgh in week three, I see. Yeah, and that one might not be so bad. They're, they're, they're a little well, more depleted yeah, than they normally Yeah, but it's would. at Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh, yeah. Pittsburgh never loses at home, at least with you know a full complement, Roethlisberger and everybody well, else. We, unfortunately, they're going to be using Mason Rudolph by week three. <laughs> well, well. And maybe uh, and, and someone's going to have to hit him in the head with a helmet again. Well, we'll see about that. But, yeah, then they got Minnesota in week four. So they might be able to win that game. But I tell you, they, they could be easily be 0-4 and then, you know, forget about it. They're going to be in trouble. Yeah. And, unfortunately, it's going to look like, you know, there's going to be a lot of DeAndre Hopkins people out there that are going to, you know, they're going to be sitting on their, you know, well, did sitting you, on their pedestals, telling you I told you so, and you're like, I mean, well, did you, see you Hap- stacked them against some unbelievable. Yeah, did you see Hopkins' you know, tweet teams. after the game? <laughs> I think I saw something about him, just, but I don't know if it was just, from him. He just had a one-word tweet after the game. It said grateful, <laughs> 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 and that started a whole Twitter. Well, I thread, think that might you know. be more. He's grateful for the for the money opportunity, or that he left. Well, you know? probably both. But I think he meant he was grateful he wasn't on the team anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's good for him in his own way. Well, speaking of DeAndre Hopkins moves, I figured we could do um, a bit of a lightning round here, um, and we could take a look at uh, the week's matchups and try and really quickly zoom through them. I know talking really quickly is not you and me's forte, but. <laughs> briefly and quickly um neither one of us is a, is a champion at that but but i figure we can go over some of the uh at least the matchups and kind of just you know talk about who we pick see maybe just a couple of little factors about um you know what we think is going to change the game or what what who should show up well and um so we got thursday of course uh, i can only imagine you chose the chiefs to take that to take yeah, that you game. know that you know I did. I said it was probably going to be a blowout. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, 
and I'll include Bart in this too. I know Bart is not always as involved or not always as able to be involved, um, especially with the distancing now. Um, so I've got his picks available for week one, but we've got Detroit and the Bears kicking off the listing here uh, Sunday. They're the, you know, the noon games. Um, I can't. I can't. I can't pick the Bears. Bart picked the Bears. I picked the Lions. Who are you going with? Yeah, I picked the Lions as well. To me, and you know, it's always hard to pick games in week one, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that if you look at this series over the years, the Bears always win when they're in Chicago, and Detroit always wins when they're in Detroit. You know, the home field advantage seems to rule the day. And you can say, well, there's no home field advantage because there's not going to be any fans in the stands, or at least not very many. But I still think there's a home field advantage uh, because um, of, of the travel involved. You know, the Lions don't have to go anywhere. They're in their own comfort zone there, and uh, it's a dome. You know, yeah. with artificial turf. I mean, those kind of things mean a lot, uh, not just the fans. But uh, that's why I would go with the Lions. I mean, it's kind of a toss-up, but I'd go with the Lions because of the home field advantage. Seems to be in this series, the home field advantage seems to mean a lot. Well, here's the funny thing. Even though I picked the Lions, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to side for for Bart here since he can't speak for it. But but to the Bears' credit, anyway, the obvious truth is you're going to start with Trubisky and then you're going to have to figure out. Um, uh, you know what? Whether he even lasts the first game or not, um, knowing the Bears, I, I, I doubt unless it was a, a blowout that they would pull him in the first game. You know, they just have full start the second game if it was bad enough. But I'm looking at the team, and obviously the Lions have a bit of a, a carousel going on in the running back department, and they just picked up Adrian Peterson um, over the week, and realistically. Um, it's spelling it's spelling bad times for the rest of the running backs there, but they're missing you know they're missing some people, and um, and now they're talking about um, Galladay being doubtful for the matchup. Um, so you know pretty much their their number one a wide receiver to go for a go to for Stafford. Not I'd be silly to pretend that Stafford can't find other answers. And there's still Marvin Jones and um, other people out there. Marvin Jones honestly is one of the most underrated. Uh, receivers I've ever seen um, based on what I've seen him do over time, especially considering I see him do it twice a year to the Bears. Um, but I will give the Bears credit on the fact that most of their starting roster is still is still up and kicking. And um, hopefully, you know, Mitch has sounded like his head's pretty clear. So realistically, you know, there's always a chance you might see a Mitch that can that can lead them to something important. And obviously I think he's also probably taking the Bears because why not? You know, I think honestly he probably looked at my matchup for that to see whether or not we were gonna go with, you know, or what I who I was going with so he could pick the other side. because um, that's kind of a toss up and you and me said that that's you know, you, those are hard those are hard games to predict within the the NFC North because they just don't I, they don't follow logical sense. Um, so I want to talk about the next well, one on hold, the list. Hold on, I have a final comment oh, though. Good. Yeah, I I agree with you that I think I think the the biggest factor that gives the Bears a chance is Galladay is probably going to be out. So yeah, so let me be clear. I mean, the Bears definitely could win this game, and I think the lack of Galladay would be a big reason. But I do think the home field advantage will, my guess is, will rule the day. And you know, they still have Carryon Johnson at running back as well as Peterson and a few others, and they still have T.J. Hawkinson, a uh, potential breakout candidate, a tight end. I think he'll see a zillion passes. The Bears historically have been very weak against the tight end. And you mentioned Marvin Jones, a great point. So, And, and here's what's missed. I, the final comment, before he got injured last year about midseason, uh, Matthew Stafford was phenomenal. I mean, he was having yeah. like a historically great quarterback season. So it'll all depend on, like you say, if, if he continues that trend now that he's back, you know, that will actually, you know, Matthew Stafford will determine this game ultimately. And, yeah. uh, but I would give the edge only because of the home field advantage. I give the edge to the, to the Lions despite Galladay. But Galladay definitely gives the Bears a big yeah. chance. Okay. Well, yeah, and Stafford is definitely an underrated weapon in the NFL sometimes. I know he gets drafted in fantasy drafts and people are like, what am I missing about Stafford? And I'm like, if, like you just said, before he got hurt, 
Yeah, he often does put up some pretty interesting numbers, you know, but... Um, it's been the lack of consistency from a fantasy perspective. That, I think, is why he always gets drafted really low. That's true. You know, but you look at his numbers for the whole year, and, you know, they're always usually pretty good. But he'll have... Yeah, he had one game, I think it was on Thanksgiving a few years ago, he had one game, he threw six touchdown passes. You know, yeah. And then the next week, he has one. So, you know, so you just don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, let's try and let's try and hammer out some more here. I know we got a lot yep. of the yep, go ahead. got a lot of stuff to go here, but I think uh, at least me and Bart are in agreement with the next maybe six or seven games here, so that'll be easy to talk about. But we got Cleveland and Baltimore playing in a in a rivalry game at at Baltimore. Now, I mean, Cleveland won. Uh, I believe they won one of the two last year. Um, but. It's hard to believe, you know, Lamar Jackson in form won't be able to overcome the Cleveland Browns. Um, but weirder things have happened, and obviously if you can, I think we'd had this discussion before, if you can steal one, week one is the way to go. Yep, yep. If you're going to uh, pull an upset, week one is the time to do it before the teams are really in stride. So, yeah, they got a chance. I mean, obviously I picked Baltimore. I mean, they, you know, when Cleveland beat them, it was relatively early, I think, last year. Uh, Baltimore, they were good, but they weren't like fully formed. And, and then I think they finished the year with about 10 wins in a row or something like that before they lost to Kansas City in the playoffs. So, I mean, you got to you gotta favor Baltimore at home. Uh, I, I don't, it's going to be really tough for Cleveland to win that game. Okay. And the next one we got on the list is Green Bay, <clears throat> Green Bay at Minnesota. Another little NFC North clash. Um, me and Bart both have the Packers, and I think that's just a consistent belief in Rodgers. And, and uh, for the most part, he's got all of his weapons kind of back. I mean, obviously, they've been dealing with their backup quarterback situations, but he's kind of leveled that out a bit. So I think what you'll see is a you're going to see an Aaron Rodgers that's really determined to show you that he's not done playing yep. yet. Um, and I think, unfortunately, I don't know if Minnesota is going to be ready for it because they, I mean, they lost digs in the offseason. Um Cousins is uh, is always he can be a wonderful treat and a, and a bit of a liability. So real is realistically, it's um, coming out of the gate. I, I don't know if they're going to be prepared for a scorned Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you know, of all the games on the slate this week, that's the game I think to me anyway that's the hardest to predict. Yeah, uh, because I I would agree with you that the loss of Diggs I think is going to be huge for Minnesota, but we'll have to see if they got. Any other receivers that can can step up, and then you know Kirk Cousins. You mentioned you're talking about he's the like the poster child for the hot and cold quarterback. You know he'll have some games where he looks like a Hall of Famer, and other games where you know he looks like he should be cut next week. Yeah. Uh, so I think Kirk Cousins will be a big factor in determining that game. Now Minnesota's at home, which is a big advantage. Once again, you're in a dome, but I agree. I'd, I'd give the Packers the edge, and, and it's because of Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I'd go with Green Bay. So now you've got Indianapolis, another noon game. Uh, they're at Jacksonville. Uh, me and Bart both have the Colts going in. I think we're trying to ride the the Philip Rivers train here. Um, and they've got a lot of exciting offensive weapons, um, you know, that that just need to be unleashed properly. And I'm not sure if Rivers is the is the answer, but but realistically, I think Jacksonville's quite a bit torn up from. Uh, losing a whole lot of their talent over the last couple of years. I mean, there's still exciting players on there, and and I, you know, I have no doubt that Jacksonville could, you know, run a stomp game on the Colts. But but realistically, I, I I'm thinking Rivers might be able to at least get him past Jacksonville in Week One. Um, so we both went with the Colts. I don't I don't know what your pick yeah. was. Yeah, I I agreed with the the Colts. I mean, just a better all around team. Their defense is much improved. Uh, from everything that I've read, and the addition of Rivers is an upgrade, and like I say, got lots of offensive weapons. They just drafted a running back. Um, uh, um, so Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Jonathan so. Taylor. And what I find interesting, I was going to say, is that a lot of people are speculating, at least from a fantasy perspective, that Gardner Minshew of the Jaguars is going to have a monster year. A lot, a lot of drafting, you know, late. A lot of drafting of Gardner Minshew. So. It'll be interesting to see. People are speculating they're going to have to pass a lot. They're going to be losing most of their games. They're going to have to pass a lot, which uh, I'm looking forward to because I have DJ Chark on on a couple of my teams. (laughs) So I'm hoping he has a big game this week. Well, the one thing I was going to say is uh, what number is is, um, Philip Rivers? 
What, What's his jersey number? What jersey number is? Oh, geez. Yeah, is he typically worn? I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look this up. You're gonna have to look it up. I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, as I recall, I think that he is. What is he? He's number seventeen. Okay, so that's not gonna be weird. I um, for some reason I thought he was number nineteen, and I was like, they can't let him wear that in in Indianapolis, you know, because of Unitas and everything. In the Colts uniform, wearing nineteen might be a little interesting, but I know obviously they're a different franchise technically. But well, yeah, you know, I I think the NFL officially considers them to be the continuation of the old Baltimore Colts. And but, actually, I just had that. I just had that flipped. Sorry, I, I forgot that they were Baltimore and moved <laughs> to Indianapolis, so they are the same. Yeah, I think they're they're considered thing. the continuation. But it's interesting you bring that up because uh, one of the big stories is for for years and years and years. When they moved to Indianapolis, they tried to get Johnny Unitas to come out, you know, to retire his jersey or, you know, for different team celebrations, and, and he would never do it. And when asked why, he'd say, I didn't play for the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> so they're a continuation of, of the old Baltimore Colts, probably only in the NFL's mind, but uh, not in a lot of people's minds, not, especially now that the Baltimore Ravens are there. Yeah. Well, okay, okay, so here, here's what I see now. Um, well, I'll talk about this in a later in, in the, when we come to them, but, but yeah, no, so that's, I mean, that is kind of funny. The, the, the allegiance, despite it's just really the city, you know, the same team, same legacy and everything. It's, it's, um, it's awkward, you know, if yeah. you're, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously a lot of teams in different sports have moved. I don't know about their success rate in getting old players to show up, but it's, it's awkward because well, you, you, well, as a player, you associate with, the, with the city. You play Especially it. when you talk about older, yeah. older style teams where you obviously had a little more of a public face. Yeah. You know, you were just among the people, you know, not not like another stratosphere of, of professional athlete, you know. Um, well, I thought the biggest the biggest, you know, killer transition, obviously, for, for a lot of Cleveland fans is their move to Baltimore. You know, to yeah. become the Ravens and yeah, everything that, one, and that happened. That, that happened funny, particularly that... shadily, you know, so they. A lot of grudging there. Yeah, you know what's funny is because you you remember that one. You were young, but you remember that one. That for the you know it was funny seeing that first year or two. It was funny seeing all these Cleveland Browns players and they're playing on the Ravens. You know, it just seemed really <laughs> weird. But I, I think what helped that one is just by dumb luck is that the team was really bad. And what happened was is that all these old Browns players they converted to Ravens players. They all left the team within two years. It was a completely different roster. Yeah. I think they just did, a lot of Cleveland people just wish they could have done that in Cleveland, you know, just you know cut the rosters and moved them around, you know, the same way, but in Cleveland. Um, talk okay, so talk I, about sad. You know, they were decades they were in Cleveland, and they never won the Super Bowl. They were never yeah. never in the Super Bowl. Then they moved to Baltimore, and then within a few years they win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Well, talking about teams moving, you've got the next noon game. You got the Raiders uh, at Carolina, so not at the new stadium or anything like that. But uh, they're playing a very interesting Carolina team. Obviously, one was still with a lot of the same weapons, but obviously they're not carrying Cam Newton anymore. They're not. Um, they don't have Olsen at tight end, which just feels strange um, uh, now that he's with the Seahawks. But uh, the Raiders much touted for their a lot of their youth that they have at the moment. Um, and uh, some of the impressions they were starting to make last year, uh, playing a team that basically has Christian McCaffrey, you know, and, and you wonder um, how they're going to show up for that. Me, me and um, I consider myself a Raiders fan over time, going back to the Ken Stabler days. But, but realistically, um, uh, me and Bart both have the Raiders going, so I don't know if your pick varies from that. No, I totally agree with you. I think it's going to be the Raiders that have to be uh, favored. Obviously, this is going to be a very uh, fascinating game to watch, although neither team is really expected to make the playoffs probably. But um yeah. be fascinating because, well, A, it's at Carolina, and then, like, as you mentioned, you do have McCaffrey, superstar. He has a couple of good receivers over there. And I'd be interested to see what happens with Teddy Bridgewater. You know, Teddy Bridgewater has had kind of a checkered career up and down. Looked really, really good uh, subbing, 
in uh, New Orleans last year. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, there's some thought that he may be really chucking that football around a lot this mm-hmm. year because they're going to be playing from behind a lot. Well, and Vegas, uh, Vegas has really stacked a lot of their receiving core with some young new faces. And they've got Waller at tight end and uh, Jacobs in the backfield. Um, and Carr is supposed to make some uh, some more leaps this year, especially after they were starting to show some promise last year. Um, so, yeah, I think we're all going with the Raiders here. I will move on to the next, the oh, noon game. Just one real quick comment, though. You mentioned uh, something that would... It was funny is that I, I've seen many or several I've seen um, reviews of this game projections and so forth and the one comment that's constant is they, they like all the things you mentioned the progress on the running backs and the receivers and everything and they go through all this what they like they say the one thing they don't like is the quarterback <laughs> <laughs> Car, they, they certainly they certainly could do better <clears throat> it's just obviously I I, I think he's got He's got some skills, and he's not super far removed from us talking about them in the play, you know, almost in the playoffs. Well, Kyra's one of those guys where he's had some individual games that are very good, and, you know, they're outstanding, but a lot of inconsistency. And so this this is going to be, I bring this up because this is going to be a make or break year. I mean, yeah. he's either going to be good, or if he's not good, I'm sure they'll get a, a new quarterback. They'll get a different quarterback. But even with all these changes that Gruden has made over there, if if he doesn't do well, I mean, Carr can bring the whole thing crashing down. Yeah. All right. Well, this lightning. I want to lightning through the next four games here, just real quick. Um, so a couple more noon contests here. We've got uh, Miami at New England. We both have. Uh, me and Bart have New England. Um, I think Cam's just gonna. Cam's gonna Cam, and it's the Patriots. So. I I agree. You got to go with the Patriots. They're certainly not the Patriots of old. But it's going to be fascinating to watch a, a Cam Newton-led uh, Patriots team. I think that's going to be fascinating to see what happens there. Uh, and another matchup uh, over in that division, uh, New York, uh, the Jets at the Bills. Um, we both have the Bills, obviously, because the Bills. Um, dual running back core there, some good receiving talent. They just got Diggs. They have Jared – or not Jared Allen. They have uh, Josh Allen. Um uh, and defense is still majorly the same as it was last year, uh, and they were close to putting themselves in the Super Bowl last year. So realistically, I can't imagine the Jets are going to walk away with that. Well, I just don't think that the Jets have made that many changes to really justify a revision yeah. in their outlook. And, of course, Buffalo looked really good last year. So, yeah, I definitely have to go. And Bills are at home. I mean, you, you got to go with the Bills in that game. I, that That's another one of those games where uh, it, it could end up being a blowout and, and maybe the yeah. Jets get some garbage points in the fourth quarter. Um, so then you move over to uh, the NFC. Uh, you got Phil, uh, you got the Eagles at Redskins. Well, Eagles at Washington football team. Um um, I have the Eagles. I know Bart's got the football team, the Washington football team. So that's gonna be, that's hard to get used to. Um, but I I know the Redskins. You know they 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 like look at all this youth and oh we've got there's so many hopes and dreams and stuff. And I'm like I mean but it's the Philadelphia Eagles. You know the way they've played. Typically speaking, they they don't they don't tend to hand those games to the Redskins. Well, there's absolutely no question that um, an upset could be in the making here since they are at home and the Eagles uh, are short some receivers. I mean, they do have Deshaun yeah. Jackson, but I, they are short receivers. And But Washington, I think it's all going to depend on what happens with Terry McLaurin and yeah. Antonio Gibson. Uh, Gibson, I guess, doesn't have hardly any experience as a running back. He's really a converted receiver. But he's had glowing camp reports um and, and of course the quarterback um who was basically terrible last year but had been making strides uh, haskins so you know haskins i think haskins will, will come a long way to deciding this one only because the eagles are depleted but yeah i agree the eagles you gotta you gotta go with the eagles on this one um so the next game we got on the slate is the last noon game is seattle at atlanta I have the Seahawks just because I typically 
like to place my trust in in uh, Russell Wilson when they're reasonably winnable games. But uh, Bart went with the Falcons, and obviously I can understand. I mean, Todd Gurley on the roster, Julio Jones, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, and uh, of course my my new favorite kicker, Young Ho Koo, now kicking in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, so um, again, I think this is kind of a it's kind of a toss up game. But obviously, when the games are relatively winnable, I like to trust Russell Wilson. Well, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, obviously, Atlanta could win this game. They're at home. They have all those weapons you mentioned. But ultimately, I agree. The Seahawks, I'd go with the Seahawks, and it really is solely because of of Russell Wilson. And, in fact, i got to say this. If you look at last year, and this has been true for a while, but last year was classic, is they always try to establish the run, Seattle. So they run, 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 and then inevitably they get behind. They're behind at halftime, and then all of a sudden they got to rely on Russell Wilson. And all of a sudden they got to pass like crazy in the second half, sometimes <laughs> in the fourth quarter, and and they end up winning, you know, by three points or four points yeah. or whatever. So, I I think don't be surprised if that script unfolds uh, in this game. You know, they may not win by much, but I think because of Russell Wilson, I, I think they uh, they got a favor. <laughs> Yeah, just Sorry, be aware of that. A little technical difficulty. <laughs> just disappeared into the ether. I was going to say, just be aware that Seattle does not play anywhere near as well on the road as they do at home. They're practically invincible at home. But yeah. I still have to go with Seattle, though. I, I think it's going to be this this late fourth quarter bailout from Russell Wilson. Well, let's, um, oh, since we're in agreement there, let's just keep on rolling through. We're, we're thundering through this lineup on week one. Um. The, the three o'clock games for us here in Central Time, we've got uh, Los, uh, the Chargers are playing Cincinnati at Cincinnati. Um, we both have the Chargers. That's a, a rough one for me, but just because I know that they still, because they didn't go like, you know, without winning a game last year. So even though they've got Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, it's, it's hard to do it week one. Yeah, I I agree. I'd go with the Chargers on that one, but I I just think that's going to be a fascinating game to watch, uh, just because of Joe Burrow. It'd be interesting to see. Now he's a rookie, and typically you're going to be a little bit overmatched, but he didn't have any preseason games, so it might start out. He might start out slowly the first few games, but I'll tell you, if anybody can can come up to speed in a hurry as Joe Burrow, boy, I tell you, he was just absolutely like beyond sensational last year. In yeah. college, so I'd be fascinated to see what happens. And they do have weapons there, yeah, uh, plenty of weapons and good running back, uh, a couple of good running backs, in fact. So, you know, it's just I think defense is terrible. So, I, I think the Chargers with their weapons will just overwhelm them. So, the, then uh, some more three o'clock games here. Um, we've got uh, Arizona at 49ers. Um, I can't imagine in San Francisco, I mean, despite the enormous. Tree wildfire smog. Uh, I, I can't imagine that they're Arizona, even with some new weapons. I don't think they're going to be able to unseed the 49ers at home. Yeah, I mean, they, there's just no way. You got to go with the. You have to go with the 49ers. Obviously, Kyler Murray, in second year, may make a big leap as far as you know, quarterback. And you got obviously you've got um, the new superstar, nineteen million dollar a year receiver in Hopkins. Huge upgrade, but yeah, the defense is bad, and I got to believe San Francisco is just a complete team. They, they really should have beaten Kansas City in the Super Bowl. You know, they just kind of choked there at the end. But yeah, yeah, there certainly was no reason for them not to not to win it other than themselves. But I, I mean, if if Arizona and their new style could steal one, Week One's a good place to go. But I, I, yeah, I don't think absolutely. stealing one from the 49ers was is likely. No. Um, so then the one I know everyone's kind of excited to see, another one that people are excited to see, uh, you know, the Buccaneers at New Orleans. Um, I know you and Bart are sticking with the Saints, which obviously, I mean, it'd be hard not to argue that, you know, all their weapons are in place, their system is fixed, they're at home. Um, I went with the Buccaneers just because obviously, I don't know. Uh, it's it's often hard to to ride against Tom Brady sometimes, but um, hey, hey, let me tell you something. Even though I picked the Saints to win, uh, I hope that Brady has an enormous day. 
<laughs> I can't imagine why. Since he's uh, he's on a couple of my fantasy teams, including our friends and family league that we're in. So I and I think he could have a huge day. But yeah. Saints have a lot of firepower. They have far far better defense. And to me, the Saints being at home once again, it's a dome, which I think you know, especially with the artificial turf, gives New Orleans a big advantage. But the home field advantage, and then I just think that the the superior defense compared to the Bucks, unless they made a lot of changes that I don't know about. Yeah. I think it'll be very close. It'll probably go up to the last minute. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being a big shootout. Now, it could be 34-31, you know, 38-35, something like that. And then, um, so the night the nightcap on Sunday is, is Dallas uh, at the Rams. Um, we both have the Cowboys. Um, I know they have a ton of weapons. The Rams are kind of, they have tons of weapons too, but the reality is the Rams are, uh, you know they've been faltering since their, you know their heydays of the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago, um, but I, I imagine Dallas probably takes the the Sunday spotlight game. Yeah, I and I, and like I said, the difference uh, I think is going to be Dak Prescott. I mean, depending on how he comes into the game, this is supposed to be his year. Uh, he should really explode with all with all the weapons he has. My goodness, he's got three. Uh, potentially superstar receivers, a tight end who seems to be a, a good pass catcher, and, you know, maybe their best running back in the league, certainly top two or three. Uh, and the line is, is not what it once was, the offensive line, but it's still very good. So I I got to believe, you know, Dak Prescott is going to carry the day on that one uh, over the Rams. And then uh, finally on Monday you've got uh, the lovely week one doubleheader um, which makes me so happy. Um, so you have Pittsburgh at the Giants starting uh, starting the Monday night affair. Uh, we both have the Steelers. I, I mean, the Giants have had games and everything, but, but, but I look at the Steelers and, I mean, it's the Steelers. You know, they could lose that game, but realistically, I think they'll probably be safe week one. Yeah. Definitely have to go with the Steelers uh, with Roth with Roethlisberger back. Now he doesn't have Antonio Brown, but they do have some other receivers that uh, you know, like this Johnson, Dante Johnson, and um, Washington. You know, hopefully pick up the slack. They're not going to be Antonio Brown, but hopefully they pick yeah. up the slack. Um, obviously, you have Schuster Smith there, who's anticipated to be the lead receiver. Um, the offense should be spectacular. You've got their running back is back. Their starting running back is back. Uh, should be all all systems go. And once again, I they're like Seattle. You know, Pittsburgh is ten times better when they're at home than on the road. Yeah. So they could they could possibly lose it. But my goodness, with the defense they have and all the firepower they have, there's there's actually a lot of analysts that are projecting them to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that that might be a little far fetched. Yeah, I, I think with Baltimore and Kansas City there, that might be a bit of a stretch. But I think the defense is that good. And I, once again, I just think that the Giants are going to be overmatched. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would agree on that one. Um, and then the very last game of Week One, you have the Titans and the Broncos at Denver. Um, we both picked the Titans because obviously it's the Titans. I know that, that the Den- Denver's made some some pickups and some changes and now they've got Melvin Gordon over there um and Jerry Judy from the draft um so I, it's not going to be a rollover or anything but you sit there and see the Titans and you saw the season Tannehill put together last year um that Derrick Henry put together last year they've got AJ Brown, Johnny Smith, a tight end um there's a lot of weapons out there, and that defense wasn't bad. And I don't know if they actually signed him yet, but but they were really looking into yeah, clowning, um, clowning, yeah. going to the Titans and everything. So the defense has gotten a bit of a boost, and obviously a lot of the other members there haven't changed. Um, probably because they're expecting a good run this year, but um, I can't imagine the Titans are going to lose that game. I agree. I'd, I'd have to go with the Titans. Uh, I obviously you know Drew Locke, uh, the quarterback for the Broncos is going to have a huge, enormous impact on this game because he has some weapons, as you mentioned, and really some a whole stable full of good running backs. But, you know, he, you know it depends on if he makes his leap. Uh, he was awful pretty much last year. 
So he's going to have a huge impact on the game. And Denver, of course, one of those teams being in a stadium that literally is a mile high, the thin air, is yeah. a huge, enormous home field advantage. Even with no fans there, it's a huge home field advantage. So that would be, uh, if the Titans get defeated, I mean, they'll be defeated probably by the stadium yeah, uh, rather than anything else. But, yeah, I, I definitely go with the Titans. Too many weapons. You're going to see Derrick Henry all day. Uh, I feel bad. You know, I had a lot of Derrick Henry on my fantasy teams last year. I have no no Derrick Henry at all, I don't think, on any of my teams. It's really sad. Yeah, it's, it's strange how that kind of works out, despite, uh, you know, oftentimes despite our best our best wishes to go for that. Well, there you go. You have... You have your entire week one picks. Now you can go. Uh, you can go lose all of your, all of your prediction bets because we're wrong about all of these games for week one. But <laughs> hey, um, we're we're one and zero so far. That's true. We started off well, so you can trust us. Um, Small the checks sample in the mail. size. Um, uh, the only thing I wanted to touch on really quick, just a quick little update on uh, anyone. Briefly following uh, the NBA, you have the Heat, obviously, had already won their series. Celtics clinched last night, um, beating the former champion Raptors. So they're moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. And tonight you have Game uh, 5 for the Lakers-Rockets series. And um, obviously the Lakers are probably going to take that as well because they're, they're leading the series 3-1, which means they'll move on. Uh, Clippers and Nuggets play tomorrow, um, and they're up 3-2, so they'll probably clinch two. So I'm assuming uh, mm-hmm. you got some Western Conference games uh, coming up as well a little, <clears throat> just a little bit later than the Eastern Conference. But um, I think the Heat have a good chance to, to get past the Celtics. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see who can pull out from the Clippers-Lakers series because I know the Lakers have been handling the Rockets pretty well, but... Um, but, but you know the Clippers have had some on some pretty nice moments as well. So realistically, you know, an all LA Western Conference final looks looks imminent. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where it goes from there. I, yeah, uh, I don't have a yeah. I don't know. No one really knows what's going to happen. Obviously, I got I got to tell you one thing about the Lakers is that because I've been following them off and on for decades now, and. Uh, I have nothing personally against them. But I got to say, and it's always kind of ticked me off a little bit because I think the Lakers have this built-in advantage over the decades, and it allows them to always be in the hunt. And, they, and they, they've won, I think, uh, only they're one behind the Celtics, I think, of all-time NBA titles. I could tie them, I think, this year. And that's kind of ticked me off. Now, it's nothing personal or whatever, but they have an unfair advantage over every other team in the NBA just being in LA you know yeah. with, between the weather and this by Hollywood and everything and they've been able to draw over the decades all kinds of free agents that they're not going to go to Minnesota you know or they're not going to go to Milwaukee or Chicago you know some of the other towns so that's why in fact I, I was sitting here wondering for so many years what took LeBron so long to get over there you know, yeah. he had been in Cleveland, of course, and then to Miami, back to Cleveland. And all this time I'm saying, well, when's he going to go to L.A.? And, of course, then he did go to L.A. You know, before that, I'm going back a number of years, you had Shaquille O'Neal. But there's, there's been a whole host, you know, dozens and dozens of superstar players that they always wind up in L.A. because of, of the area. You know, it's not because of the ownership or the management or anything like that. And, um, in fact, if, if you'll notice... The overwhelming majority of the championships that the Lakers have won have been in the free agent era when there was readily movement, whereas mm-hmm. except for one, I mean, the overwhelming majority of the Boston uh, championships were back in the you know 50s and 60s and 70s when there was no free agency. So I, I guess on the one hand, you, you give them credit that the Lakers have been able to recruit players and, and build a team. But on the other hand, I, I think they really have a, a ridiculously unfair advantage over the rest of the league because everybody wants to go out to LA, the, the, the yeah. town. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's definitely true. And that's, and that inspired a, a lot of the Clippers talk as well for Kawhi Leonard, when they were talking about, you know, he just won a championship in Toronto and most of the teams stayed together. Um, 
you know, when he left for, you know, money slash just those L.A., they were talking he was going to join LeBron at first. Um, and then he ended up going with the Clippers, which has proven to be pretty good for him being able to still kind of stay, you know, in the front of any news concerning the team or anything. He kind of becomes the number one. Um, but yeah, it's been very interesting. And obviously the Clippers have been dismantling the Nuggets in this series, which is sad. But um, well, as a long yeah, time, I, as a long time Boston Celtic fan, I, I hope they can do it this year. Obviously, my first allegiance to the to the Bulls being in Chicago, but that's kind yeah. of a waste of time. <laughs> but I, I honestly, I don't think the Celtics have a good chance of even making the finals. But I don't think they have a good chance if they play the Lakers in the finals this year. But you know, you never know. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm rooting for them, even though I, I wouldn't <laughs> predict them to win. All right. Well, that's probably it for uh, this episode here. Uh, I wish everybody luck with their fantasy teams in uh, tomorrow's matchups and Monday night. Uh, hopefully, if you take any of our picks seriously and go out and use them to try and earn some money, hopefully you um, you get some luck out of that as well. Uh, as usual, I'm, I'm Jay Adante. My dad, Joe Adante, has been joining me here. Uh, thank you for your time. Been a pleasure love being on these yeah. broadcasts i hope uh, we can at least uh, entertaining may not help you with your betting too much but hopefully it's a little entertaining <laughs> hopefully it serves as something well anyway you can find us on facebook and twitter under uh, stg podcast um, and uh, if you don't find apple podcast to be very convenient for you uh, i believe we're also on spotify although it's almost impossible to find unfortunately um, due to search results and, and, you know, obviously the fact that only two people listen to the show, um, <laughs> someday we'll talk about something that triggers a search result that makes us a little more popular. Well, you're probably, probably going to have to get your grandpa back on if you want to increase your yeah. listenership, but uh, yeah, it's hard, well, maybe, hard, to, hard maybe, to do during the pandemic. Well, and maybe through these systems, maybe I can get him on the phone somehow involved yeah. in it. Yeah, that'd be the ideal. Um, but anyway. Oh, I want to wish everyone uh, the rest of their weekend uh, have a happy weekend, and uh, and then uh, by the time this gets out, probably you know just um, don't work too hard this week. All right, we we got another weekend of football coming, and several more after that, hopefully. Dynamite! All right, bye bye. Bye. Black and gold. Black and gold. Black and gold. Black and gold.